I would say uh, our first homecoming. So when we actually set up a booth at homecoming and to see how many people came that I did not know yeah. was powerful. Like, of course, my friends came and bought, but that was kind of like expected. But when I was seeing like people who did not know me, did not know the brand or anything, selling out, boom, boom, boom. I think we did like 20, 30,000, something like that. Wow. And, you and I'm in like, co- you're in college, you in college doing 20, 30,000. So I'm like, yo, like, what is this? Like, like is this something like... Do I still need to be in school? I was trying hey. to figure out what I need to do in order to, you know, get the brand off. So, you know, that was my wow moment. And I think that anytime someone exchanges money and I give them a product and then they're happy with the product, it makes me feel like I'm doing the right thing. If you're watching this video, you're about to make a whole lot of money because we are about to break down for you how you can take apparel and become literally build a worldwide brand. Man, I'm excited today because I've got my brother, my friend, I'm talking about real friend, not one of these just internet friends, but my real friend, someone who's genuine, but most importantly, a brilliant businessman, phenomenal marketer. What I love about him is he's mastered the art of not just marketing products, but building relationships. We always say it's not your net worth, net work, net worth, excuse me, is your network. Well, he's been able to build both. Man, I'm excited today. I've got my brother, my friend, Corey. Arvinger. What's up, my man? Yeah, what's going on? What's going on? This is long overdue, man. I know. <laughs> this is long overdue. It's like we hang out all the time, so I was already knew this was going to be easy because we, we talk a lot, man. But I know so much about you. But if somebody mm. was just peeking in, and I don't know who would not know who you are, but <laughs> a lot of people. How would we describe who is Corey? Man, I would say, first of all, I'm a connector. Um, I love connecting people, I love bringing this. And this together, seeing the potential of both and seeing how they can collaborate together. I love that. I would say that I am a, a son, um, a brother, uh, a giver. Yeah. You know, uh, I think those would be pretty good descriptors of me. And then I just happen to have a clothing brand and happen to love utilizing social media. Yeah. I love, I love the way you framed it. It's like, I'm all of these things, but I have this outlet, right. which is great because your brand it's different from most people's brand, right? Most people create a brand that's just about them. Right. Bro, I've been in the airport, and I think I sent you a few photos. <laughs> I've been in the airport before and saw someone with one of your sweatshirts on and tried to, like, on the slide grab a picture yeah. for you. The person <laughs> caught me and was like, oh, yeah, man, there's one brand, this and this, and went to the site and tried to sell me your merch. Wow. And I'm like, how did this boy that's a blessing. Create, like, how did you create a movement that people, I'm a word in a, in a certain way, self-identify? Mm-hmm. You know, I love it because one thing about the logo, it, it seems like it's almost a shield, like a patch. Like, and so when people wear it, it's so big and it's so in your face that yeah. you have no choice but to embrace it when you put it on. You have no choice. Yeah. And so when you partner that with us utilizing social media, we don't just post clothes and say, oh, buy our merch, buy our merch, buy our merch. We really built a community of people who are interested in really pushing HBCUs forward. And so you, you put the people on the ground, which are our consumers who turn into our influencers, you mix that with really good marketing and you add influencer marketing and email and text marketing. Now we have a whole community of people who are all pushing towards the same message. We just happen to be the outlet that they're using. Wow. Man, let's, let's not get like too far into it before we go backwards. So let's not assume that everybody knows what is the name of your brand. Okay. What is it all about? So like we know who Corey is a brother, a friend, a connector, someone who loves serving, mm-hmm. who happened to have an amazing brand that we all all love. So let's talk more about what is that brand? What is yeah. Support Black Colleges? And then we'll get into how I got started. But what is Support Definitely. Black Colleges? What is your yeah. brand? Yeah, so Support Black Colleges is a brand where we focus on getting our black kids back to our black schools. So for so long, People were acting like HBCUs may have been less than. Yeah. You can't get a good education. There's no athletes. All these things that are untrue. And so when I went to college, I was like, yo, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I went to Howard because my mom went to Howard. There was literally no other reason why. And I wanted to be farther than driving distance from my mom because she would pop up on me. So D.C. <laughs> was just, just far enough for me to say, okay, we cool here. We safe. We ain't got to worry about it. And then she went there. So... HBCUs have been undervalued and under talked about, and so now I want to create a brand that would allow us to have a voice and you know to show how great we are. Wow, and create an entire brand to support groups of people and self educate. Like, mm-hmm. how did it get started? How did it become what it is? Well, let's go to how it got started. Then we're going yeah. to how did it become what it is now? <laughs> the partnerships and all yeah. that stuff. How, how did 
support black colleges as a brand get started? So I started in my dorm in 2012 as a sophomore at Howard University. It was homecoming season and I wanted to wear something a little different. So, you know, we all go into Zara, H&M, the same spots around campus and the bookstore didn't really have any fly merch. So I'm like, well, how can I create something that would like make me stand out, but then also just be like true to me. Yeah. And so what I did was, you know, I was looking at an episode of Martin and I saw like the little the zigzags and the way they kind of use the colors and things of that nature. And um, my cousin actually helped me like create a logo that ended up being the logo that you see today. Yeah. But I had no idea that that logo was going to be the staple and the, the real catalyst to my business. So we just put on a regular t-shirt. It was kind of like a faded and it kind of had like a, a, a vintage vibe to it. And it was just on one t-shirt and I made one hat and that was it. And the response that I got from it was like, yo, where'd you get that shirt from? Oh, you know, what was this? What's this? What's this? And I'm like, you know, me as an entrepreneur, I'm it's like, well, shoot, I actually got them. Uh, I took some pre-orders or something, you know, yeah. and I had no idea about anything clothing. I never wanted to go into clothes. I was a PR major. So I was going <laughs> for PR, like just never thinking about clothes, but I saw an avenue and I ran with it. Man. If that is not entrepreneurship at its finest, right? The mm -hmm. ability to be able to see an opportunity and seize it or to even start with an idea or a passion. Right. You know how many people probably on campus had an idea to start a t-shirt or apparel brand mm -hmm. and set on the idea? Yeah. Like I think about all the time. Man. There's always like I think in certain environments ideas are more fluid. Oh, right? definitely. So you get in certain spaces and and everyone has the idea but only a few execute it. That's and, right. And even Fewer people have been as successful as you. What's that What's that moment when you go back, like I hear how you started, that moment you remember where it was the first big, like, wow, I can't believe this yeah. happened. I would say uh, our first homecoming. So when we actually set up a booth at homecoming, and to see how many people came that I did not know yeah. was powerful. Like, of course my friends came and bought, but that was kind of like expected. But when I was seeing like people who did not know me, did not know the brand or anything, selling out boom 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 i think we did like 20 30,000 something like that wow and, and you're in, like, you in college you in college doing 20 30,000 so i'm like yo like what is this like like is this something like do i still need to be in school i was trying hey. to figure out what i need to do in order to you know get the brand off so you know that was my wow moment and i think that anytime someone exchanges money and i give them a product and then they're happy with the product it makes me feel like i'm doing the right thing so yeah. You know, when I was first getting started, I'm looking at a Shopify every single day, just, just <laughs> oh, sale, sale. I'm I knew, rich. I knew every name, every email yeah. address, all of that. And so, you know, th those moments was, is what makes it possible and makes me keep going every single day. We can't, we can't even keep this like we ain't friends. Yeah. friends. We got, we can't <laughs> skip over the fact twenty, thirty thousand oh, dollars from man. a new brand on college. They didn't probably change. Oh yeah. <laughs> You're like, hey, listen. Oh, yeah. You walk around campus like, oh, so you hey, date man. the broke guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, listen, go get my food for me real quick. I'll, I'll give you an extra $5 or something. Hey, no more eating the cafeteria. I'm trying to tell you. That boy at Chick-fil-A like, yeah, let me get a piece of cheese on the top and the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> Not bad. Man. That's how, that, but that's how it is, man. Like, we need to, I also threw parties in college. So you would go home from a party, you know, you know $5,000, $10,000 sometimes. I was making a lot of money. Now, where that money went, I have no clue. Right, right. But I was making it. And yeah. it, it was so crazy because to have one outlet being parties and promotion and things like that, and then to have another outlet be closed, it was just so amazing how easy it was to generate money. Yeah. And I always saw it, and it appeared so hard to me, like living real life. So when I saw how easy it was for me, I'm like, is just money attracted to me? Like, I, I, don't, I didn't know what it was, but I was running with whatever it was. I just like, let's, let's get it. Let's keep going. Yeah. Man, you know, you know what's crazy? Like, hearing, hearing your story, I don't think, I'm one of those people, I'm a faithful guy, I think nothing happens mm -hmm. by chance. Of right? course. So I, I think that the sequences of our lives mm -hmm. is set up to, let me word it this way, introduce us to who we've always been. Mm, that's good. Right? So there was an entrepreneur in Corey, but Corey didn't know it. Yeah. So Corey's in an environment for education for school, mm -hmm. but really the education was you learning you. That's, you had a skill you didn't know you had. That's important. Like you had the ability to build... Think about you throwing parties, the ability mm -hmm. to gather people and create an mm -hmm. experience. This, and the same experience every week. See, the party is always the same. It's just you call it something different and you put it at a different location. Yeah. But it's the same DJs, yeah. the same promoters, the same hosts. And to your point, what I really realized as an adult, I've been an entrepreneur all my life. I just didn't know that's what it was called. Yeah. And so when I was in uh, middle school and high school, I used to sell snacks. So 
Um, Michelle Obama. You've or been a hustler since forever. I'm trying to tell you. I used to literally <laughs> sell snacks. So they, they they did this whole healthy food thing in Guilford County Schools in North Carolina. They took out all the good stuff. The honey buns, the big Texas rolls, the Twizzlers, all took out all of that. Yeah. So I, what I did was I went to Sam's Club or Walmart or Dollar Tree, and I used to have this green duffel bag that I filled with snacks. So before every class, I got the teachers to say, hey, the first five minutes, can I sell snacks? And then, you know, I'll, I'll drop at, you know, the rest of it. Their only rule was like, oh, just give me something or, you know, whatever. And I did that for years and came home with four, five hundred dollars. Hold, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I'm going to call Uncle Barack and Auntie Shell. So Michelle done come up with an initiative mm-hmm. to help obesity. And here you go, undercutting the whole initiative. I'm sorry, Michelle, if you see this. <laughs> listen, we had mouths to feed at our home. So. Uh, Uncle Barack, hey, listen. <laughs> listen, uh, this boy here. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, it's so depressing going to that, uh, going to that vending machine and seeing baked lace, sun chips, and I'm like, <laughs> nah, this ain't it. And I went to all black school. We needed sugar and hey, high calorie foods, so that's what I was bringing to the people. Yeah, boy, you know what's crazy, man? I feel like all of us that were meant to be entrepreneurs have mm-hmm. the same story, right? So like, part of mine <laughs> is similar to that. I remember being in school. I mm-hmm. used, I had a candy store. My parents yeah. were pastors, so I had one at the church because uh, people there course, all day. Of course, right? And then I had one had one during the day. But long story mm-hmm. short, this was the little noodles you can just add water to and pull oh, yeah. the pack back. You know what I'm talking about? The styrofoam <laughs> cup. You throw it in. The, so we would get. Dumped. I would go to Sam's Club uh-huh. with my mom and with the church mother who was buying food to feed the pastors. Wow, right? wow. And used to buy like you could take twenty dollars back then. Oh yeah. And this is when I don't know if you remember what Piggly Wiggly is. Old of course, school, of course. Right, old school grocery store. Twenty five <laughs> cent sodas, Nutty Buddy bars. You can buy a box of twelve for uh-huh. like two dollars. Stuff was cheap. You really can like, run it up. Honey bun, honey buns. You can buy a mm-hmm. box of those joints. So you talking about for ten dollars? Yeah. You got sodas, everything, and mm-hmm. used to sell them for a dollar fifty cent. Yep. Worse than that, when the chip said twenty five cent on, you was charging a dollar. <laughs> when it say twenty, <laughs> it say twenty five cent on it, right? And I just think back to I saw gold caps, do rags, mixed do rags too. Don't, especially with so Nelly and all them hit, and you had the mm-hmm. ones that was half red, oh, half man. black. So you were selling all. See, hey. I, I was selling luxury do rags. Really? So when when the when Fab started wearing all those jerseys and do rags in college, I was selling do rags for forty dollars. Yep. Get me out of here. Yep. Yeah. The, the site was called designerdurag.com, and I was making a ton of money. I wonder if that's still around. I don't know. Cause you know now everything uh-huh. is coming back around. Oh yeah, everything. I bet right now come back and you I'll can do influencer marketing I sure could. and do designer do rag. I sure could. <laughs> edit this out. Edit this, hey yo, edit this whole thing out right now. We about to do design to do right. <laughs> so I still got the source. Here's what I gotta ask, man, even with what we're talking about now, like, man, it's, it's only a few minutes in we've got into some parts of your story, mm-hmm. starting point, how you was uh, rich in college looking down on the peasants <laughs> who wasn't making 30,000, <laughs> 40,000. But here's, here's, here's one of those topics, man, that there was a lot of arguments surrounding Dion leaving HBCU. Mm, very much right? so. So for someone like yourself who champions HBCUs, you've committed your business, mm-hmm. your life surrounding it, your partnership. Like It's something that you realize is underfunded, mm-hmm. undervalued. People have a bad perception of it. And mm-hmm. in essence, you build a brand to educate, to celebrate, and to direct people towards HBCUs. Exactly. So I'm sure when all of this happened, like what, what were your thoughts on it? Uh, when, he, when he left, he, like you can give me op- open, and then I'm gonna give you like some direct questions. Oh yeah, I mean, so I felt I felt a few ways. I felt first of all upset of the way he left. Okay. So, to me, he started setting up the infrastructure, but left too soon because mm-hmm. he never won anything. They made it to the celebration both twice, and he lost both times. Then you know he had a son there and a daughter there, and he was bringing in staff. He brought in some of the best recruits in the country. But then he just left. So it's like the recruits come with you. You know, your son, who's the best player on the team, comes with you. Your daughter goes with you. And it leaves a big hole. Now, on the other side, I say, well, he never had to come in the first place. Right? Um, and everybody says, well, Jackson State gave him a chance. Or uh, he gave Jackson State a chance. And I say, well, Jackson State gave him a chance because he never coached before. Mm-hmm. So it's not often where somebody can never coach ever before and then get a Division One college football job. Yeah. So they gave him a chance, but then he gave them a chance. 
And I do appreciate what he did do because if you look at some of the other coaches, Eddie George is coaching at HBCU, former uh, basketball player Mo Williams is coaching at HBCU. Like these guys were a trickle down effect of what Dion did. And then not to mention you got like Wallow and Gilly at the games, yeah. Young Dolph at the games, Red Kodak Ross. Black, Rick Ross. Like these folks are really at an HBCU game in the locker room, turning up, having yeah. a good time. It was a culture shift, and I think because of him, it actually helped us with sales. And you know, because of us, we actually helped push the message out. Like yeah. we, he he got a few of our hoodies and posted doing his talks and all of that. So I just think that people want to say, oh no, he left. Oh, that's not good for the game. Whatever, whatever. But you gotta look at what he did do because before that, none of us had ever thought about Jackson State football. I know I haven't. No. And I'm in the space. I've never thought about it. When I think of football and HBCUs, I'm thinking of North Carolina A and T. I'm thinking of a few people, but I'm not thinking of Jackson State. So Bam, Yeah, and then he wasn't yeah. getting paid nothing. I mean, come on, he didn't need that money. Like that 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 money was so minor in the, the the resource. I remember the uh the water hat went out one time, so they had to go to another city, like and yeah. he was funding all of that stuff. A lot of people couldn't do that. So I appreciate everything he did. I think he left the market. I think that people will follow in his footsteps. So you go both you you kind of you see it from both sides. I see you it from see both it sides, hundred percent. Man, I wish he wouldn't have left, but mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. You get I get it. it. And I but I do wish he wouldn't have went to Colorado. Uh, I wish he would have went to either another HBCU or like a bigger program. Because to I would have loved seeing him at Florida State. Oh. Florida State would have made sense. He had ties to it, you know, like it makes sense, but to me if you go on like because he there was a statement that he made that people were talking about where he basically said along the lines of, We can do it here at HBC, you don't have to go to a, a white school. Then that's what he did. So it was kind of like, I can see why people would be like, you just said, but then I also know the money hit a little different. And, I was, <laughs> and then he can, he can bring those students over. And yeah. then they, these are HBCU athletes still. They're just at Colorado now. And Colorado has been notoriously bad in the last few years. So if Colorado oh, they, has what, a... What they went one and one and... Yeah, they were bad. They maybe yeah. won one game. Yeah. So like, now you bring your coaching staff, you bring your people, and then they win, let's just say, five games. Well, now it looks like a success. Yeah. And then he might be having a bigger plan where he's going to go back. And So I just don't know. You know what I'm, what I'm shocked at? I'm, number one, I'm proud. I thought you were going like, no, he shouldn't have left. Like, you, <laughs> like I thought you were going to do like the people on the internet. Nah, there. nah. He'll sell out here, this, this, this. No, well, number one, I'm biased, right? Yeah. Like, Dion's my favorite athlete of all mm. time, right? You know, you got Dion in terms of overall, and then I got oh, Kobe, yeah. right? Yeah. Kobe's my guy. But I was looking at it from a, multi, from a multitude of ways. I think about if I go to this, I put me in someone's shoes. Mm-hmm. If I go to JS to Jackson State, yeah, and I realize okay, it's not the money I'm used to making, so mm-hmm. I'm giving up, I'm sacrificing that. It's not the city or town because you got to think he's a big city guy. <laughs> yeah, he is. Right? Yes. Like, so you're a big city guy. You're in a small town, so yeah. you're you're what. Where you take your lady out is different. Mm-hmm. Where, what you drive is different. Where you mm-hmm. live is different. Like everything about yeah. your life is a new norm. So you're That's not true. just sacrificing by coaching sports, making less. Mm-hmm. Then you look and say, okay, he had to spend his own money to be able to provide even their locker room stuff. Then you go bigger than that. He's got so many endorsements. You know how hard it is to travel out of out of Jackson State. Oh my gosh! Right. I can only imagine. Out of, out of that small area. Yeah. I'm from Panama City, Florida, so I get. Mm-hmm. Every flight is now a connection flight. There's yeah. no direct Ooh. to most of these places. So people aren't thinking oh, yeah, about, about that. logistics, travel, on down mm-hmm. the line. Mm-hmm. You take all those things and I immediately say, okay, if I care about the people around me mm-hmm. and I'm underpaid, it's impossible to pay my staff. Impossible. So he got people that's been with him 20 years when he had his other team and and, the, and on down the line. So you say, okay, I got coach. He said, he said he had people on his coaching staff that were making 30000 $40,000 a year. Wow. That's that's. Like you think about, Whew. you can't do anything else if you, if you coach football. You like it's full time, they're full recruiting time. everything. So you got people you love that you know can't feed their family. Well, yeah. I'm Dion, so I can go and get a bag somewhere. Right, else. right, right. But how do I create an environment that mm-hmm. I can provide for the people around me? If you think Makes about sense. their trainer, mm-hmm. bro, you got one trainer mm-hmm. for the whole football team. Mm, so crazy. if if five people injured at their ankle, one person is falling. Like, how do you get the treatment, the attention? So I don't think Man. people think of the best thing you can do is, which is what he did, he put a guy who had been there forever who also wasn't going to possibly get an opportunity to coach. Yeah. He put him in place to be a head coach, so now mm. you get an opportunity. People don't see that either. I go somewhere else and I take guys that's underpaid that now can feed their family. Mm. People don't also think about in sports, whatever the team wears, if it's Nike Reebok, mm. that's the endorsement deal the coach has. That's right. But when they do that, the endorsement deal with Chevrolet and all that, your mm. coaching staff gets a free car through those people. Mm-hmm. So if you say I got a Chevrolet deal, I got all my guys a Chevy truck. 
I got everybody else a salary increase. They can take care of their family. Right. Now, like you got to think his injury, he now, you got to think of his one trainer, Dion has to do treatment multiple times a day. Cause yes, he does. So it's like people are not thinking about all of the trickle down effect of all of these things, but he yeah. made the whole world, bro. ESPN talked about Jackson, Jackson State more than they were all talking the about University of Florida. All the time. You have to think, they were talking about HBCUs more than they were talking about bigger schools. Yeah. So that alone, the exposure is, you can't pay for that kind of exposure. No. And, and the, the virality of everything he did, you know, it, they were on the shade room every other day. Literally. 30 million followers. Like, it, it, it's unreal. And I, and I look at the people who, you know, chastise him and say, you know, all of these bad things about him. I say, it's the same people that will tell an entrepreneur how to run their business and they've never ran a business like this. <laughs> yeah. The same type of people. Yeah. Oh, why did you do, you shouldn't have done this. Oh, Corey, why did you drop it on this day? Why is it this price? Like, you have no idea how much it costs to make and then produce and then the ship. And, and you're telling me how to run it, but if I asked you to do it, then you wouldn't know how to replicate the process. Bro. So the same people who are saying, oh, he shouldn't have left. Well, let me give you some background on how that looks. And so now that you understand the bigger picture, oh, okay, I get it now. But like, it's now you're, you're already done disrespecting it. So I, that's how I look at it. It's the same type of person. Shout out to Dion, man. Um, Shout Dion, out to Dion. Dion, if you're watching this, I would love to, love to have you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, send us, we'll send some books I didn't say nothing bad. Corey talked bad about Oh, that's you. crazy. I said, I'm with you, Dion. We celebrate you. We salute you. We praying for you. That's you my ain't guy. hard to find. That's my guy, man. That's my guy, man. He already knows all love. Yeah. So enough of that. Man, the big, the, so back to support black colleges things of that nature, like, man, how did all this come to be where NBA 2K? Mm -hmm. Like, there are several people who create brands. We see it all mm -hmm. the time. You, we, we go to events, and there's people vending. They got T-shirts. They got clothes. They have hats. Yeah. What made Support Black Colleges so different that you guys took off to where everybody don't get NBA 2K? Everybody does not mm -hmm. get their own night for, like, yeah. every year with the Braves. <laughs> yeah. with, you know what I'm saying? What made your brand so different from all these other apparel brands? Uh, I think it's a number of things. Uh, I would start with grassroots marketing. So we get in front of our audience every year. So you'll see us work anywhere from 10 to 30 events a year. Mm. So in every event, I would say 90% of events I work as well. And I do that because I need that feeling. I need that vibe. I need that culture to stay the same. Now, yeah, I can ask somebody else to do it, but people want to see me. And so at the end of the day, when we're at Essence Fest, and I'm having, I'm laughing and joking with people, and I'm like, "Oh, what school did you go to?" You went, "Oh man, I can't mess with you." I, it's all, all of that camaraderie, and we're building a community. That's one thing that you don't see a lot of brands doing at all. People are like, "Oh, I don't want to go to Essence. It's going to cost this," and everybody's looking at how much it costs, but not how much they can make. Mm -hmm. See, at Essence, you, we buy two booths, two thousand, two thousand. We got to get the people there, a thousand, two thousand. We got to pay for the Airbnb. We got to get the merch, a few thousand. But we'll go home making sixty, seventy thousand. Yeah. But not only that, we'll get ten to twenty thousand emails, which mm. which is people I can sell to afterwards. See, people forget about the data that you can use after they leave. And so many times we look at the upfront number, but I'm looking at everything in yeah. totality. So grassroots marketing is one. We touch all the homecomings. So we go to our audience where they're at. See, a lot of people are trying to create their own, you know, buzz and virality. I'm gonna go to where there's two hundred fifty thousand people. That's homecoming. I'm gonna go in the yard and sell some T-shirts. I'm going to do what people used to do and make the money. I mean, if you go out to a, a um, any rabid fans' uh, games, people with T-shirts, T-shirts, $5, $10, yeah. they be selling stuff. Yeah. I, I've seen it. like, And I'm just going to what works. You know, Everything doesn't have to be social media. I would partner that with a strong brand message. It's direct to the point. It's, you don't have to question what our brand is. Support so black colleges. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, I don't know how yeah. else to. <laughs> yeah. And we made it so it's. It specifies a certain group of people, but it's for everybody. So I always tell people, they'd be like, oh, I didn't go to a black college. Well, I said, that's great because our brand is called Support Black Colleges. So do you support black? Oh, yeah, I do. Okay, what's for you? Your cousin, your auntie, your brother, your sister. Yeah. It don't have to be you. It yeah. can be anybody else. And even those people who didn't go still champion for it. Yeah. And then I would mix the last thing was, was influence and marketing. So having some of the biggest names in the world where our stuff helps i mean man we got we got to speak to that like yeah so three specific things you said grassroots marketing clear a clear message mm -hmm. you also mentioned something i think most people miss you're you're you believe in it so much you're willing to invest in it oh, and yeah. you also so it's not just that you have an apparel brand you understand some business concepts of marketing which you know that's my thing yeah, yeah right? definitely <laughs> so you understand marketing from a standpoint of not just front-end money 
-hmm. People would rather just post on social media, but you're saying, no, I get a chance to get in front of my direct audience. Mm -hmm. I get a chance to get emails to build a relationship, to automate right. this. So it doesn't matter if I sell 10 shirts, 20,000 emails, you can nurture those all year. Oh, yes, so I can. think that's powerful. But the thing I would, I would ask, you mentioned influencer marketing. You guys have been able to get, I, when I say almost every major celebrity I can think of wearing your merchandise, which is unheard of, mm. from Tiana Taylor, I think I've seen, is it Brandy? Think yeah, I've, Brandy. I think I've seen Brandy. I've seen Lotto, mm -hmm. like big up-and-coming rapper. I've seen, oh my goodness, so many <laughs> a lot of people. actors, musicians, everywhere I could possibly, or even when you mentioned, you just said Deion Sanders, you're like, oh yeah, he wore our merch, like, how, yeah. What is? You don't have to go into. Well, yeah, you could. This monetizing market. What are you doing? What are you saying to these people? Like to get them to wear your merch. You know how many people would listening to this would be like, how do I get a celebrity to wear my merchandise? Like, yeah. how is Corey with J Cole? How is mm -hmm. like how is he getting to all these rappers? How is he getting them? And here's the thing: they're not just wearing it. They're wearing it and posting a picture on their own and tagging you. It's true. But y'all got to be spending millions of dollars on, to get these people. <laughs> no, like, that's crazy. <laughs> we're actually spending no money. Honestly. Oh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> we're spending no money. Zero dollars to Zero get dollars. influencers and celebrities to wear your merchandise. Zero dollars. Hold on. Who, who calling cap? <laughs> <laughs> like, call it. Call it. <laughs> Zero dollars to yeah. get people get. You're talking about people with massive reach. Mm hmm people with millions of followers are take are championing your brand saying, hey, go buy this. Yeah. What are you guys doing? So a big part of you say your success separates you guys' influence of marketing. Mm -hmm. What's some of the strategies that you guys are using for that? Yeah, so I mean, the number one thing I would I would say we did is the pull-up method, which I created. Um, I think people have been doing it, but I, I've made it a thing. So the pull-up method is where I see somebody who's coming to the city or wherever I'm at, and I get access to them by showing up to the event. Mm -hmm. Now, another part of who we talked about who I was was a connector, and I built relationships. So let's just say, for instance, there was one night I got Little Baby, Gunna, Thug, and G Herbo in the same night. All on the same night, right? <laughs> and it sounds crazy. Everybody. It's just, it's, this is the reality. I documented everything. Like, I can show everybody what happened. So my guys at Clark Atlanta, um, the year before, we had got their whole royal court. We gave them all hoodies. And that year they had the baby. So we got some hoodies to the baby. We got it to their whole royal court. And I, and I always take care of the staff that helps us out. And that's one of the things I always do. Like, this is a celebrity, but who's around that person? I always take care of those people too yeah. because they're my direct access. So when the next year they said, hey, we're having a concert. We got Gunna and Baby, but I think we're going to have a few surprise guests. So I'm like, well, who do you think you're going to have? So they mentioned a few names. I'm like, okay, cool. I said, I'll pull up with some stuff and I'll bring a, a few bags of extra stuff just in case. Man, it was so crazy. So I got there um, around 8 p.m. The concert started around 9, and then I didn't leave till about 2 a.m. And what I was doing was, I would, here's a key, a little hack. Whenever I go to something to get an influencer stuff, if I can, I always get a media pass. Like, people just want to get VIP or all access. All access is obviously good. VIP is cool, but media, you're allowed to, like, have a bag. You're allowed to, like, take pictures. You're allowed to, like, be in there. So I always get a media pass, no matter what. And That's, I, that's a hack. A big now, hack. That if you're watching this video, <laughs> you're about to make a whole lot of money. That's a hack. Yeah, so I get a media pass, um, and I got I just put it under my LLC, you know, Corey Arvinger Entertainment or something like that. You know, I'll make up something, and then what happens is I'll get an access, and and it on media, 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 and nobody's stopping media. Yeah. And so then what happens is once I see the celebrity or the security guard, there's a few ways I would attack it. But first. I look for who's around them. So, for instance, when I saw Lil Baby, it was Lil Baby and, like, two people with him. One was a big guy, so that was his security, and the other one appeared to be his manager, friend, cousin, somebody like that. So the first thing I always do is hit the manager, friend, cousin, because they're going to be able to say, security, chill, and baby, this is who this is. So I saw his uh, people, and I was like, hey, what's going on, man? I don't mean to bother y'all. Real quick, I wanted to give Lil Baby some merch for my brand, Support by Cod. Is that okay? He, he looked at Lil Baby. <clears throat> excuse me. He looked at Lil Baby, and Lil Baby's like, yeah, it's cool. And the security's like, it's cool. And so I gave it to him, and he's like, oh, y'all, I've seen this before. Like, i seen this all over my timeline. And once he said that, I knew I already got him because he had seen it just, I guess, on social media. Yeah. Boom, got him, right? So that's him. Then I wanted to get Gunna. Gunna had a ton of people around him. It was like <laughs> 40 people with him. And I'm like, oh, man. So those are a little more difficult. You, you, you thought you thought you, you were about to get them hands thrown on you. Man, I, I think that all the time. I'm like, yo, somebody's <laughs> going to steal off of me because – 
I don't come aggressive, but I, I move with intention. So some people are like, ah, ah, no, not me. I'm like, yo, like, like, come on, what's good? Like, I'm here to do something, right? Like, so Gunna has people around him and all his friends had on ski masks and it was crazy. So um, there was one lady that was in the group with them. So I got her attention and I was like, hey, what's going on? I'm trying to get something for Gunna. She was like, ah. she was kind of like frantic. Then I saw him stop to take pictures with the Royal Court people. So I just kind of slid in with them. And then when he was going down the line, I just happened to be next in line. I put, picked up a hoodie and said, hey, this is my brand. Da, da, da. And he kind of kind of heard it, kind of did. And I could tell when he took a picture with it. I'm like, boom. I gave it to the lady. I'm like, hey, here, this is for him. He, didn't actually, he never actually wore it, but he got it. And one day, I might just see him, you know, wear it. Because yeah. that's kind of how it works. I, I've given stuff to people. Drewski, um, big influencer Drewski, I gave it to him one time. Like in 2018, he didn't wait until 2021. And then wow. he did like three videos with it and we paid nothing, right? And three so years later. Years later, right? And then what happened is he went from 200,000 followers to 2 million followers. So thank you for waiting because now <laughs> when you do it, we getting a, a shout out for a million, million dollar page. He just wearing it just to wear it, but it helps us because you did something. It was an influencer marketing play. So um, I pull up on people. Um, I do research too, and one of the key things is I say you have to be. So I have this. Uh, it's the five piece of the pull up method plan, and the, the the one that I love the most is prepare. So I have questions ready for you. If you're somebody, I know something about your life. So give me an example. Uh, be an influencer. Choose somebody like an actual real celebrity, and I'll tell you how I would do my research for that person, so that when we have a conversation, they can't say no to me. Gotcha. A real celebrity that stands out in my head. I won't use. My girl who coming in town in August, Beyonce, because we broke up. Um, <laughs> let's use her, though. Let's use okay, her. Beyonce. So one thing about Beyonce is, obviously, she, she's you know world-renowned. I would start to look at all her interviews that she does, and I would start to do a lot of research on where she came from and you know what she supports. So I do know that she did the Homecoming uh, documentary with Netflix, and so that was mimicking HBCUs. So I would ask her a question along the lines of, "What is your HB? What is your favorite HBCU uh, dance team? Like band dance team?" Yeah. And it's such a weird question because it's like, like what? But I know when she did that, they had to study some HBCU dance teams. Absolutely. So she's gonna say the first one that comes to her mind, and then I'm gonna be like, "Oh, that's where I went, right? Whether I went there or not." <laughs> <laughs> but I want I, what I'm trying to do is make a connection between us. Yeah. Oh my God, you love Jackson State dance team? Man, I went there like. Bro, I went, and so now it's like a thing where it's like, oh, that's dope. Actually, you know, I started this brand at Jackson State, right? And now it's to a point where now I get to like, it's now we're having conversations. So I'll give you a perfect example. When we got Michael B. Jordan to wear one of our hoodies, a lot of people don't know, but Michael B. Jordan's brother went to Howard. Mm. He doesn't look like him. He don't act like him. He was a football player. He like 6'5". Like, you would never know it's his brother. And I found out it was his brother because one day, Michael B. Jordan, before he was like really famous, came to campus. And I'm like, oh, that's that dude from Hardball. That's when, you know, Hardball was the best movie he had yeah, had out. Yeah. And so I'm like, and then I see who he's with. I kind of take mental notes. And I, did, I started doing some research. You go on his Wikipedia. It says, oh, my brother, Khalid Jordan. Da, da. Yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's definitely him. And so when it was time to meet him and talk to him, I'm like, yeah, I go to Howard. I went to school with your brother. And like, he's kind of shocked. Like, dang, you know my brother? Like, it was kind of like, I could tell it caught him off guard. Once I see that you're shocked, I'm like, bet, I got you. Yeah. Because... Everybody, let me get a picture. Let me get a. That's what. That's what they used to. Separate yourself. So I'm like, that. yo, I went to school with your brother. Man, that boy is. And now we started talking about something that's totally not that. Hey, bro. By the way, I got this, man. If you want it, cool. Like, if not, it's always a no pressure situation. I never pressure them or make them feel forced. And so I think just building that connection, not being scared, not being afraid of the no, because I get a lot of no's too. But I also document those too. I think it's really important because everyone is not going to be a win. I waited outside of Meg Thee Stallion's dressing room for like six hours, and she never came. She went straight from uh, Sprinter to stage to back to Sprinter. And I thought she was going to come off and, you know, go to the dressing room. She didn't. I ended up losing out on merch. But those kind of things happen all the time, but you had to be prepared for literally everything. So um, that would be one of the ways to pull up method. Obviously, uh, one of the key plays I do is um, I look at people's sta uh, stylists or their managers or, like, a lot of celebrities actually have their P.O. box in their bio or, like, on their website somewhere. Most people just don't look for it. Mm. So if it's www.beyonce.com, it might say partnerships, contact, whatever. I'm looking at the contact. Then they say to send merch, send it to here. Most people just don't look that far. Yeah. If they don't see it directly in the bio, they'll try to DM her. You think Beyonce looking at her DMs? <laughs> right. She's right. not doing that, bro. Oh, everybody's Excuse doing that. Excuse me, Miss B. Like, 
<laughs> and so what you like you're, you're you're crazy and it was so I was on live the other day and I could do this here live too. Somebody gave me somebody to find the information and I got on my phone and I found the information. It was for Kevin Hart. I, I bet you I could find Kevin Hart's uh, PO box for his information. So I went to Kevin Hart's Instagram, started looking at pictures and I always look at who they tag. Mm. And most of the time if if it's a high fashion shoot, he'll tag the stylist in the shoot. So then when he gets to the stylist, I go to the stylist see what other clients they work with. Then I like kind of just do my little research, and I end up finding Kevin Hart's stylist. Kevin Hart didn't tag anybody on his page, but he tags his wife all the time. So I went to her page, and she tagged the stylist. She said, "I love Kevin's stylist. He always does." So I'm like, "Boom, that's the stylist." Then it says in her bio to send merch to my clients. Send it here. Boom, Kevin Hart, right? And it was that easy. Wow. Most people pause, are now looking at that. Pause, pause, pause. <laughs> Hold on, wait a minute, y'all. Listen, it's that like you're you're giving something right now that I hope everybody grabs. If this is what you do for business, you can't be lazy. You can't. Oh, no. Like, it, it's not, like, mm. success is never convenient. It is not. You're talking about, so someone will see, like, the question that we started with. How are you getting your merchandise to all of these people and they're championing for free? And you broke down, clear mission statement. They can make a connection to it. I'm mm. willing to do the research. I prepare. Mm -hmm. I'm willing to hear no as an answer. That's right. I move well, with intentionality. But what they also might be missing you said, I was willing to search this person, find his wife who tagged this person, look up mm -hmm. this thing. Man, mm -hmm. you know how many people would, would miss that opportunity because <laughs> it would take a few extra steps? Mm -hmm. And here's what's crazy. They'll bypass the research and sit and scroll. They will. And <laughs> sit and scroll. Like when we think about it, mm -hmm. you're talking about a million-dollar company, mm -hmm. right? A seven-figure seven company that's built on being able to research, prepare, Pull up, show mm -hmm. up, invest in yourself to go to HBCU. That's right. Constantly put out content, like which we'll get into in a second. Like, you guys are really like a media company kind of. hundred percent. And I tell people that all the time. I say, we're a media company that happens to sell clothes. Whoa, say it again. We're a media company that just happens to sell clothes. And I say that because I mean, we're putting out four pieces of content every single day for the last three years. Every single day, Monday through Sunday, Valentine's Day, Christmas, New Year's Eve, it doesn't matter. And so, because we're doing that, we're now media. So then, like, you know, we're, we're eventually going to start a podcast, and I'm, I want to do some more long-form content where we're telling stories of HBCU students, where we're, you know, walking from, you know, now eight, the NBA All-Star does the HBCU All-Star game as well. So now I want to, like, take me from the first meetings of it all the way to, like, the actual execution of the game, like a 30 for 30 style, yeah. right? And now we get long-form content on YouTube. Now we get a podcast, uh, you know, and have voice and video. Now we do the clothes. Now we have the social media. It's like it all kind of works together, and no one's doing that at a high level, you know, currently in our space. Yeah. And so when you talk about, you know, with clothes, yes, that's what gets people to champion us. It's like it's like you having a podcast and everybody wearing your podcast merch. Yeah. Except we just did the merch first, and then all everything else is coming later. Wow, 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 wow. Yes, you guys got a massive, massive social media following and platform. Someone asked earlier, right? So, I was taking interviews from, from taking questions, excuse me, from Instagram mm -hmm. uh, while I was in here filming. And one of the people asked, they were like, "You can't build a social media." Well. I'm answering questions, but you know how that goes. Someone that's yeah. in the comments that nobody asked is trying to answer a question <laughs> that nobody asked them to answer. All right? Yeah. I love them. But the, a person said, you can't build a social media following unless you show your face and you're the face of it, right? <laughs> I funny. noticed a distinct difference, right? So you've got uh, over 100,000 followers on your personal, mm -hmm. but you also got a massive following on your business page, and I realized you won't show yourself really on your business page. Mm -mm. You're constantly talking about what's happening in HBC. You're the first person to post about all Every HBCU time. news. You're constantly speaking to experiences, posing questions. Mm -hmm. What I, what also I like too is you guys don't have a boring tone. Mm -mm. It feels like someone on a college campus. Oh yeah, is the person who is speaking to us. <laughs> so a person feel like they can hear their voice. Definitely. Talk about the intentionality of like the misconception of. If you have a brand, it doesn't mm -hmm. have to just be your face. You're mm -hmm. allowing yourself to, to for people to see themselves in it. Mm -hmm. The intentionality you guys have surrounding social media and how that shows up in the growth of your business. Yeah, I think that so many times people attach their, and sometimes it's, it's cool, right? Yeah. But I think for me, I didn't want to attach my face to it because it's not about me. And the moment you do that, you make it about you in, in a certain way. Yeah. Now, yeah, the message is still the same. But Corey here, Corey here, Corey. It's like, come on. Even when I said I want to do podcasting and I wanted to also 
have like on air personalities to do different things. So, hey, this is so and so. I want it to be different people. Yeah. People that people can recognize their faces from HBCUs that are reputable. Yeah. And if you look at somebody, something like Beats by Dre, right? If Dr. Dre had a really bad scandal, his company would probably go under. Like, if he got caught doing some real shady stuff, yeah. nobody would support Beats by Dre. Now, if it was his company and it was called something else, and some people just didn't know the education of it, they might still support it because they're like, oh, I don't know who owns that. True. But it's like Dr. Dre behind it. But, you know, obviously it would come out eventually, but I just think when you attach yourself to it, you don't allow it to live without you. Mm. And so now, let's just say something, God forbid, happens to me today. Well, anybody can pick up support by colleges. And as long as you understand the messaging and you can make decent clothes, you'll be okay. Like, yeah. seriously, because it's not really a hard formula. Like, we're just reposting people's content and we're just making clothes and we're dropping once a month. Well, now, we can't, we can't oversimplify, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's so easy. A caveman can do it. Nah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's already set up for you. So, yeah. like, yours. All, yeah, all you have to do is look at the, the history of what we've done and just, because... The one thing I love about our business is when the kids have something big in school, we have something big. Homecomings, that's when our big season is. Back to school, that's when our big season is. Um, Black Friday and Christmas break, that's when our big season is. Graduation, that's when spring break. Whenever they got something going on, we got something going on. So you just follow the template of what they got going on. I know every time that's going to be graduation, um, Founders Days uh, for the Greeks. I, I know all of that stuff because we're literally working on the school calendar. And so when you partner that with, okay, I know the content we're going to post. Okay, and now I know because it's graduation, we got to drop a graduation t-shirt. I know it's back to school, so we got to do a back to school sale. I know it's uh, Easter time, so we need to release some colors that are matching. Like, it's, it's very simple, honestly. And, and it's already all laid out. So yeah. all we're doing is just following the script now that it's written. What would you, what would you consider yourself? Designer, marketer, <laughs> you know, Lord. businessman. The reason I ask that is because, of course, in the apparel space, there's one... Like, for someone who's listening, like, man, I've got the mind to mark. Like, someone like myself. Like, we talked recently. Mm -hmm. I have no desire to sell merchandise. Yeah. Now, but people ask me all the time about certain stuff I wear. Mm -hmm. I do like fashion. Right. Right? So, I, I just know what I like to wear. People ask, oh, where'd you get that from? Where'd you get this? Or that jacket when I came to your, your event, which we got to talk about. You yeah, did I still need that jacket, too, by the way. He did, some, he did something phenomenal for his birthday, right? <laughs> this speaks to the type of guy he is, and I was super impressed. For his birthday, he served his city where he's from. So we we both mm -hmm. live in Atlanta. But for his birthday, mm -hmm. he decided to serve his city. He put on an entire weekend. And if you live in Atlanta, there is an event every weekend yes, it is. for education. <laughs> where in some smaller towns, I'm from Panama City, there aren't masterminds going on in Panama City. Mm -hmm. Right? It's partying. He did a full-day mastermind and bought mm -hmm. in B. Simone, mm -hmm. Pinky, who killing it in terms of slutty vegan and several mm -hmm. other people. I don't want to leave anybody out. Anthony, Marcus. I came, he, he'll, he, he allowed me to speak. <laughs> Anthony O'Neill, who, man, I got a chance to connect with him, some silent, brilliant yeah, yeah, yeah. guy, and so many others. So it was a full day mm -hmm. mastermind, but what I loved also, he allowed vendors to also van from mm -hmm. T-shirt, jackets, apparel. It was on Duchess from Black Ink and mm -hmm. a few others, right? So it's a full day mastermind mixed with giving back that morning. Mm -hmm. So they, they did community service. They did community service that morning, a mastermind that afternoon, a celebrity basketball game that night, which I think everybody cheated to throw the game so he could win. Because <laughs> it was his birthday. Like, ain't, uh, they, like, it ain't no, I ain't gonna talk about the shot he should have made. Wide open in the corner, you hear everybody, shoot it, Corey! <laughs> <laughs> Look, the lights got real bright, boy. But, got real bright. But his team did win. But it was a vibe. I'm looking around. I'm like, mm -hmm. man, stands is packed. People celebrating. It was just in a phenomenal week. Double was, overtime. Right, double overtime. I was happy mm -hmm. to be a part of it and see. And it's the actual school he played basketball at. Mm -hmm. So he gave back in that way, mm -hmm. which is just super, super, super phenomenal. But coupled with that, man, when we started talking about, like, what do you see? Because I'm seeing a connector, yeah. I'm seeing a brand owner, yeah. I'm seeing a creative, I'm seeing a designer, I'm seeing an educator. Mm -hmm. What do you see yourself as? Well, right now I'm wearing a lot of hats, I'll say that. But overall, I just see myself as someone who has big ideas who will execute on them. And I think that's what separates me from a lot of CEOs. Like, I have an idea, I'm going to do it, yeah. no matter what. Like, that weekend was done in 30 days. Like, wow. 30 days before that? The Instagram wasn't created. See, we they, sold zero no, I got to pause. Y'all don't understand the magnitude of that. So you get 30 <laughs> days to get, what, eight, seven, eight speakers, hosts, venue, 
marketing, Man. You, and you're not just talking about the venue that the actual mastermind was at. Two different venues. You're also talking about putting together and what the referees for the actual celebrity game, mm -hmm. the tickets, the food. Then you're not thinking about that morning. Like it was a lot of moving pieces, yes, it and was. it was a lot of people there. <laughs> and, and I didn't have a professional team. Those were my friends, Elena and one of my other friends. Wow. Like those were my friends who helped out and. You know, to, the, to that point, the reason why that was possible was because my connections. I called my old high school. So the first high school where the mastermind was at, where I went, to, I also went to school there. So, hey, I'm coming back. Those relationships, I've been nurturing them. I've been back to that school about 10 times since I graduated to speak to those kids. So when I, make, when I pick up the phone, they say, Corey, what you need? How, when you need it, we'll make it happen. Wow. The basketball, uh, where we played the basketball game at, you know, I've given back to those kids many times. I come back and speak there too. Corey, what you need? This is what I need. Boom, boom, boom. It's done. All you got to do is go through the city, do this, do this. I got that gym for like $400. Wow. $400. I got the other space for like, it was like 7000 maybe. And then now I'm like, okay, well, when did, where did I make my money? Vending. So let me allow my people. I call all my friends that got clothing lines. Hey, this is what I'm doing in the city. I called people from the city first. Like, hey, I'm doing this for the city. Do you want to be a part of this? Some people didn't get it and didn't understand it. Didn't want to be a part of it. Cool. Next people, right? And what I did was I put people in position to where they can win based off me bringing the people together. Mm. So a lot of times they try to create their own buzz and it's difficult, but I know I can get the people out. Yeah. And so as the first year, you know, we had no sponsors, barely no promotion. We didn't do no radio. We didn't do no flyers. We just was kind of winging it. Yeah. And it still turned out really well. So now that I know and I got the infrastructure, now everybody, oh, I want to be a part of it next year. Cool. When, that, when uh, October come, I start putting y'all in position. We can start working towards it, and this year will be even big, bigger and better. Man, being willing to have an idea and moving into action like that, it is different, right? Because most CEOs have an integrator, mm -hmm. right? So when we start thinking about, if you're listening, like mm -hmm. company structure, normally you don't see the people that make things happen, yeah, right? So you see the front-facing person. But I think about even with my company, there's some most things I've done before I hire people, but there's right. a lot of moving pieces now mm -hmm. to where the person viewing it thinks, let's say even this, I don't have anything to do with the cameras, the <laughs> yeah. lighting, the setup. I don't yeah. do the editing. So somebody will say, well, how do you just, I'm involved with like, okay, how I want it to feel, the thought yeah. process, the setup, mm -hmm. but that's big vision. Mm -hmm. But the actual implementation of that is a whole nother piece. I think it's amazing yeah. your ability to be able to do all of those different pieces. So let me ask this man before we wrap up, like what do you have, com what's coming up? What well, two questions. Number one, what do you have coming up next? Like what what's next mm -hmm. for Support Black College? What deals are in the work that you can talk about, mm -hmm. right? That you can that you can speak about. We don't want to mess up no deals that's happening where you didn't sign <laughs> some NDAs and you call right. me, man, you messed up my deal. <laughs> yeah. Right, but what are some things that are up and coming that people can look out for? Yeah, so um, NBA All-Star is coming up. So I'm doing a speak engagement out there, NBA All-Star, which would be cool, representing, you know, support by colleges. Um, we You see how humble he said that? Yeah, you know, a little, little basketball <laughs> game called the NBA All-Star game. You know, just, well, you know, they called your boy. Listen, I always say this. I said, the NBA don't need me. None of these people really need me, right? Yeah. But they want us because they want our audience and they want the brand that we've built. So I just always appreciate it. I kind of just take it like, it's, it's so crazy, not to get off topic, but I made this vision board um, in 2017, right? And the only reason why I even remember this happened was because it came on my memories on Facebook one day. So I'm looking at the vision board, and I'm like, yo, I accomplished everything on this vision board. Mm -hmm. And I, I, like, forgot, you know. So on the vision board, I remember exactly how it was. It was, like, uh, 50K followers. It was get a Forbes article. It was travel uh, out the country. It was... Um, I had an NBA logo, and then I had an NBA All-Star logo, and I had um, 100K, I had 100K, uh, make 100K, um, like stuff like that. And as I was looking, I'm like, yo, I did every single one of these things. And I'm a person that is literally an action taker. So my mom was always like, well, what, if, you know, she asked me all the questions, well, what about this? Well, did you think about this? And I'm like, no, I didn't. I just thought that I want to get it done, and I'll make it happen by any means necessary. Yeah. And so... You know, when we say NBA All-Star and it's like, oh, well, I'm just kind of saying it, I, I already planned for this. Mm. Like, this is not surprising. It's surprising to somebody else, but not to me. Wow. Like, everything that I got that, that comes my way, I'm like, oh, man, it's about time. Like, it's about yeah. time. Because yeah. I've been working for this, and because I am somebody who does, I don't have a lot of implementers, I really be feeling like I deserve it because I'm actually doing the work. And um, I'm not at a place where I'm really great at delegating. That's what I need to get better at. Because it's just easier for me to do it myself. Like, I still schedule all my content. 
I had other people that did it, but they would like miss out on like key moments. So like it'd be wrong. I'm just like, let me just do it. Cause I don't waste 30 minutes on you that I could have just done it in five. <laughs> and so I'm still trying to get better at that. I'm yeah. working towards that. But everything that comes to me, I feel like I deserve because I pray for it. I ask God for it and then I let it go. I didn't just be like, okay, I'll start, I'll start, I'll start. I'm like, no, like I'm gonna keep working. And then when it comes, I'm like, all right, bet. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate it. It's a little later than I wanted it, but you know, but that goes it's time. That goes back to your five P's. One of them was preparing. Exactly. All right. the time. Because if you're not prepared, like the first year we did All Star, it was in Atlanta, Georgia. It was the COVID year. And we weren't supposed to be a part of it. What happened was the vendor who made the clothes was over in China or somewhere else. And because of COVID, that stuff wasn't happening. So somebody reached out to me from the NBA saying, hey, we know you do a brand and you're located in Atlanta. Can you do, like, it was like thousands of shirts in like three days. I'm like, yes, we can do it. I did not know if we could do it. <laughs> I just said yes. Yeah. And I was like, yo, please. We had a meeting where I'm like, please, we got to do this. And we ended up getting it done. Yeah. And so ever since then, they're like, all right, we got merchandise. I'm like, yo, just give us like a few extra weeks this time. And so now every year they hit us up early. Like, hey, I want, we want you to do these four shirts. We want you to do this, this, this. And then I'll give you six tickets to All-Star. And we'll get your hotel and flight. And it's like. Oh, easy. You wanted to go anyway. I was going to go anyway. <laughs> I was going to try to go anyway. So yeah. now it's one of those things. And here's the key to that, too. So I have like three main people I work with for All-Star. One of the ladies is over all the NBA events. USA basketball, basketball without borders, all star, the draft. She's over, she is the main person that's over there. So it's like the commissioner, her. Mm. So that's my point of contact. And then her assistant, and then a lady who's over the NBA PA, which is the Players Association. So after we're done all of this stuff, every year I, I give them a different gift. But last year I gave them, there's this place called Ancient Air. It's in Chicago, New York, and the rest are out of the country. There are only like nine in the world. And it's like Jeju, but like on steroids. Like it's like Jeju if you pay it like, $800 to get in, gotcha. not, not 30 Gotcha. And so they got the ice baths and they got the salt baths and they got the different pools. And so y'all definitely got to go. But it's like four to $500 minimum to get in there. So I bought all of them massages. Like, oh my God. Because, you know, they're making 40, 50, 60,000. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's a lot of money for somebody to sp spend on a massage day. Yeah. But I see how stressed they are in the moments of these events. And I'm like, y'all need this. So I, I got them all a massage. And they're like, how did you get us in? Because it's very hard to get in, too. And I ended up like always giving a gift that's like, I'm not giving you hoodies and so you don't want that. Yeah. I'm giving you stuff that you can actually utilize and it makes them feel like, man, you really didn't have to do that. Yeah. They're like, Corey, you please don't, you, this, is, this is my job. And I'm like, no, this is my job too though. I owe this to y'all because y'all gave me an opportunity y'all didn't have to. So I think that goes back to the relationship part and like, you know, I'm prepared. We, we did it, we executed it, and now I'm thanking you for that. Next year, first person we think about. Do you realize how much you gave in this episode, man? <laughs> no, seriously, like we got to do a part two. The undertone is service. Always. Serving people. Always. Relationship. The value. You started out by saying, I'm a person, I'm a son, friend, brother who happens to own this. It's a separation of this is not who I am. Right. Like it, so I'm channeling who I am into a vehicle to serve people. Exactly. To push HBCUs forward, to champion mm -hmm. those who don't feel like they don't have a voice or they're mm -hmm. overlooked. Super powerful. Serve your way to success. That's what I always say, just serve your way to success. Because yeah. most of the things that I've accomplished in life or, or received was because I served first without expectation of getting anything. Yeah. And so I remember one of my first awards was in uh, fourth grade, third grade. Um, there was this kid named Patrick Waddell who was still one of my good friends. He's in a wheelchair. And I remember in homeroom class, Mr. I, I have a very vivid memory. My teacher, Mr. Azu, my math teacher said, hey, we're going to have this kid that comes in and he's going to be in a wheelchair. Would anybody like to help him? And nobody raised their hand. It's third grade. It ain't cool to like help nobody in a wheelchair. Yeah. So I'm like, I'll do it. So he's like, all right, cool, Corey. So this is what you do every morning. You got to go to the bus. You got to get him. He ride the short bus. You got to get him off the bus. This is before he had an electric wheelchair. I had to pick him up off the bus, put him in the chair. I did that for three years before he got a chair, wow. an automatic chair. And I got an award one time. They're like, um... We want to honor you. The, the city wants to honor you. This award is the Gilbert County uh, Peacemaker Award for like my action. I'm like, and by this time, it's my best friend. I'm like, you give me a award for helping Patrick? <laughs> like, this is crazy. Yeah. But when my mom like sat me down, I was like, you know, you, do you realize what you were doing? Like, there's a lot of people who wouldn't. I I got to school early to help him. I, I stayed at school late to help him. But I'm like, what you don't realize is every time he had to go to the bathroom, I got out of class. Every time he was late, I was able to be late for class. He got to skip the line for lunch, so did I. So I was like, I got what I wanted out of it. Yeah. And then that's my homie. I, I made a best friend. But when I saw what happened, when I just genuinely served, I was like, yo, 
I felt good doing it, and then I just happened to get rewarded for it. That was a bonus. Like, so now I just live my life like that. If I want to do something, I'm just going to serve, help, and then like something comes out cool. If not, yeah. I have fun doing it. Uh, and there's a quote. I don't know whose quote it is, and I hate not giving credit. Yeah, so yeah. I'll give context. It's not mine. It says, if you help enough people get what they need, you'll get everything you need. Mm. Right? That's I believe the, that. That's the essence of it. It's, it's the journey of when we say, okay, hey, we're giving back to HBCUs, mm -hmm. but... The only way to focus all your attention on helping HBCUs is to actually generate revenue. It's not you got to be you, the brand wouldn't be what it is. People yeah. wouldn't know it if you was doing it on the, on the side. Yeah, right. So definitely. there has to be and it's a principle given mm -hmm. it comes back to you. You reap mm -hmm. what you sow. Mm -hmm. So you're giving generosity care. You're supposed to get something back in return. Mm -hmm. Man, any other things coming up that that we need to know about? And my second question, you can knock both of them out. You've got so much knowledge on in this space there's people who are just getting started those who have started and they're burned out because they're like i wish i knew how you gave game but they're like i got questions i don't know how to what's the five p's he didn't give all five P's. right 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 it's <laughs> like what did he say so it's so many things and so many gaps that you could literally save people time do you educate mm -hmm. and teach other people building brands on how to build uh e-commerce brands mm -hmm. yeah i actually before was never teaching because i I didn't see myself as a teacher, even though I had a lot of information. Then uh, COVID happened, I started getting on Clubhouse. And I started talking, and everybody was like, well, what about this? I'm like, well, do this. They're like, what about this? Well, do this. And I realized people really wanted information from me. And then people would apply the information, and then they would make money because of it. So I'm like, oh. So then everybody's like, do an ebook, And I'm like, all right, well, I never wrote a book before. I don't even like reading. So <laughs> I'm just right. I'm, I'm, I'm voice noting the whole book <laughs> and then editing it later. But um, yeah, I started teaching and I started getting into coaching and helping people start from nothing and reaching seven figures in their business. Nothing, reaching six figures, reaching five figures. I help people launch businesses that they've been trying to launch for 10 years. Yeah. Um, with just a little motivation, execution, and then just key steps. Simple. I always teach simple steps. Yeah. So uh, I am, and I'm looking to do more of that. Like, yeah. uh, I know you're in the coaching space and I, I look at some of the things that you do. And I'm like, man, I need to be, I need to be better at that. Man. But I'm very interested in that space because I think that people need it. And the larger amount of people we can help, well, the more million dollar businesses we can help create, yeah. which makes us be able to funnel it way better. Man, so, so many people that will watch this will hear it and know not just I need, they need your information, they need your genuineness. Mm -hmm. Like people need to be led, they need mentorship to say, mm -hmm. how, do you, how do you build a seven-figure company and still keep that same level of genuine care for the, for the cause of why you started? Mm -hmm. Right. So I think nobody better suited to coach people mm -hmm. than someone who has the receipts, who has proven track record, can walk them through the steps. Definitely. Like, so like you if I do apparel, you my coach. Oh, yeah. Like <laughs> invoice sure. me. I don't need you. It's true. And here's how generous he is. He won't say it. I hit him up randomly. Yo, bro, you got a second. Man, I'm thinking about doing this, this, this. Not only did he mm -hmm. just immediately he in the middle of a meeting, he stopped the meeting and immediately went into not just telling me like what to do, who to contact, gave me his contacts, do th use this person, mm -hmm. oh yeah, you need it for this, this quality of this, like no one does that. Yeah. You know what somebody would do, oh, okay, well yeah, man, you know, <laughs> you know, people just don't don't walk you through the whole thing that way, so I can attest mm -hmm. to the fact of your genuineness. Anyone who's looking to get into the space should 100% reach out to you, mm -hmm. and those who are already in the space, not just those looking to get into it, if you're looking to say, man, I want to, and it's not bad to say, do some of the things he can't guarantee you're going to get with the NBA. Right, right. <laughs> right. But, can't. but those who are looking and say, man, show me some of the steps of how you guys consistently been able to do all of this. How can they connect with you? How can they reach out to you? Yeah, they can connect with me on social. Uh, it's my name, Corey Arvinger, C-O-R-E-Y-A-R-V-I-N-G-E-R. -E -E and that's pretty much, you know, on social and on my website, it's CoreyArvinger.com. CoreyArvinger.com. Make sure you guys reach out and connect. When we want to hear from you in the comments. Let us know that you got value out of this episode. Man, I think we need to do something together. Let's do it. Like, I, I'm Let's not jumping it. into the e-commerce, but like, I'm thinking, y'all let me know. Y'all vote in the comments, right? Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, I am e-learning. What does that mean? I help people turn their mind into money. Like, I, the mm -hmm. knowledge they have in their head or the services they provide with their hands into online programs and courses. And then we automate it, right? So it's all right. knowledge-based. If you want to help someone by teaching them how to do what you do, I'm your guy. Mm -hmm. Corey helps with tangible physical products we don't mm -hmm. do any tangible physical products mm -hmm. so i'm like what if we merged them in and did e-learning e-commerce physical products yeah. a person literally could come to us and build two businesses mm -hmm. and 
Imagine having an educational business and having an apparel company all in one setting. Yeah, that's dope. Right? Like the best of both yeah. worlds, e-commerce, e-learning, and we literally, here's my, my rule of thumb. We can't hold no information back. We oh, have I'm to give that. them everything we did from zero to seven figures. No stingy energy. I'm all about that life. What y'all What y'all think? Y'all got to vote on this. And we're going to have to put something together. Let's run it. I'm bringing a, a one day. It got to be in person. Virtual, you can't do as much. Yeah, vir- I, I like in person because I need to see you. I need to. I need. I need you to declare that you're going to really do something with us. Like Ooh. I need them to sign contracts saying, "I promise that I will try to fulfill to the best of my abilities the things that I learned this weekend." Ooh. I want. I want accountability contracts because people just be going to this stuff and just getting information and just leaving and not doing nothing. Yeah. So I think it'd be really dope. Um, and to just have them in person, it would be. It'd be really. I, I like to touch and, and see the people. Like that, you'd be lit. Yeah, Corey, come on then, now. Hey, listen. If you get Cor- if you get Corey on the mic, it's gonna turn real <laughs> quick. Real. I went to an event. I'm not gonna say whose event it was. Corey turned that thing into a dance contest. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, I know exactly it was lit. You hear me? You find yourself trying to. You saw people sitting there right, and then went from that to standing uh-huh. up. Like, come on man. now. We gonna get a popping every time. I promise you that. Y'all let us know. In the channel, you can DM Corey Arvinger. You can, mm-hmm. you can follow him on all social media platforms, Instagram, etc. You can let me know, man. What do y'all think? Should we do this? Is, would it be something that would be beneficial and helpful mm-hmm. to you so you can start generating revenue? Well, until next time, this has been another phenomenal episode of Monetize the Marcus. You already know where to find me. If you need me, if you need help turning your mind into money, that's packaging the knowledge in your head or the services you provided with your hands into online programs and courses to be able to grow. A successful online business, even without a lot of followers, I'll be over here minding my online business. I'll see you next time.